to the Data Skeptic bonus feed, where we release extended content on data science, statistics, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. Argument 7. Argument from continuity in the nervous system. The nervous system is certainly not a discrete state machine. A small error in the information about the size of a nervous impulse impinging on a neuron may make a large difference to the size of the outgoing impulse. It may be argued that, this being so, one cannot expect to be able to mimic the behavior of the nervous system with a discrete state system. It is true that a discrete state machine must be different from a continuous machine, but if we adhere to the conditions of the imitation game, the interrogator will not be able to take any advantage of this difference. The situation can be made clearer if we consider some other simpler continuous machine. A differential analyzer is a kind of machine not of the discrete state type used for some kinds of calculations. Some of these provide their answers in a typed form and so are suitable for taking part in the game. It would not be possible for a digital computer to predict exactly what answers the differential analyzer would give to a problem, but it would be quite capable of giving the right sort of answer. For instance, if asked to give the value of pi, actually about 3.1416, it would be reasonable to choose at random between the values 3.12, 3.13, 3.14, 3.15, and 3.16 with the probabilities of 5, 15, 55, 19, and 6 percent, let's say. Under these circumstances, it would be very difficult for the interrogator to distinguish between the differential analyzer and the digital computer. Argument 8. The argument from informality of behavior. It is not possible to produce a set of rules purporting to describe what a man should do in every conceivable set of circumstances. One might, for instance, have a rule that one is to stop when one sees a red traffic light, and to go if one sees a green one. But what if, by some fault, both appear? One may perhaps decide that it is safest to stop, but some further difficulty may arise from this decision later. To attempt to provide rules of conduct to cover every eventuality, even those arising from traffic lights, appears to be impossible. With all this, I agree. From this, it is argued that we cannot be machines. I shall try to reproduce this argument, but I fear I shall hardly do it justice. It seems to run something like this. If each man had a definite set of rules of conduct by which he regulated his life, he would be no better than a machine. But there are no such rules, so men cannot be machines. The undistributed middle is glaring. I do not think the argument is ever put quite like this, but I believe this is the argument used nevertheless. There may, however, be a certain confusion between rules of conduct and laws of behavior to cloud the issue. By rules of conduct, I mean percepts such as stop if you see red lights, on which one can act and of which one can be conscious. By laws of behavior, I mean laws of nature as applied to man's body, such as if you pinch him, he will squeak. If we substitute laws of behavior which regulate his life for laws of conduct by which he regulates his life, in the argument quoted, the undistributed middle is no longer insuperable. For we believe that it is not only true that being regulated by laws of behavior implies being some sort of machine, though not necessarily a discrete state machine, but that conversely being such a machine implies being regulated by such laws. However, we cannot so easily conceive ourselves of the absence of complete laws of behavior as of complete rules of conduct. The only way we know of for finding such laws is scientific observation, and we certainly know of no circumstance under which we could say, we have searched enough, there are no such laws. We cannot demonstrate more forcibly that any such statement would be unjustified. 
for suppose we could be sure of finding such laws if they existed. Then given a discrete state machine, it should certainly be possible to discover by observation sufficient about it to predict its future behavior, and this within a reasonable time, say a thousand years. But this does not seem to be the case. I have set up on the Manchester computer a small program using only 1,000 units of storage, whereby the machine supplied with one 16-figure number replies with another within two seconds. I would defy anyone to learn from these replies sufficient details about the program to be able to predict any replies to untried values. Argument 9. The argument from extrasensory perception. I assume that the reader is familiar with the idea of extrasensory perception and the meaning of the four items of it, telepathy, clairvoyance, precognition, and psychokinesis. These disturbing phenomena seem to defy all our usual scientific ideas. How we should like to discredit them. Unfortunately, the statistical evidence, at least for telepathy, is overwhelming. It is very difficult to rearrange one's ideas so as to fit these new facts in. Once one has accepted them, it does not seem a very big step to believe in ghosts and bogeys. The idea that our bodies move simply according to known laws of physics, together with some others not yet discovered but somewhat familiar, would be one of the first to go. This argument is, to my mind, quite a strong one. One can say in reply that many scientific theories seem to remain workable in practice, in spite of clashing with ESP. That, in fact, one can get along very nicely if one forgets about it. This is rather cold comfort and one fears that thinking is just the kind of phenomenon where ESP may be especially relevant. A more specific argument based on ESP might run as follows. Let us play the imitation game using as witness a man who is good as a telepathic receiver and a digital computer. The interrogator can ask such questions as, What suit does the card in my right hand belong to? The man by telepathy or clairvoyance can give the right answer 130 times out of 400 cards. The machine can only guess at random, and perhaps get 104 right. So the interrogator makes the right identification. There is an interesting possibility which opens here. Suppose the digital computer contains a random number generator. Then it will be natural to use this to decide what answer to give. But then the random number generator will be subject to the psychokinetic power of the interrogator. Perhaps this psychokinesis might cause the machine to guess right more often than would be expected on a probability calculation, so that the interrogator might still be unable to make the right identification. On the other hand, he might be able to guess right without any question by clairvoyance. With ESP, anything may happen. If telepathy is admitted, it will be necessary to tighten our test up. The situation could be regarded as analogous to that which would occur if the interrogator were talking to himself and one of the competitors was listening with his ear to the wall. To put the competitors into a telepathy-proof room would satisfy all requirements. Data Skeptic is a listener-supported program. To support the show, visit dataskeptic.com and click on the membership tab.